welcome again those of you online. It's good to worship Jesus together. And if we haven't seen you before, Happy New Year. Uh, Blessed New Year. We have a word from God um, that God has spoken uh, to us about having a, a set heart on pilgrimage, a set heart on following Jesus. And that's what we're praying for our kids too, that they will have that. We're just going to take that scripture, Psalm 84 and verse 5. Okay, let's declare this. I know you've got a mask on, but let's declare it and speak out aloud the word together. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Okay, let's say that again with a conviction on the inside. Use your heart. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Blessed is a term that God invented. I know that the world uses it a lot, but actually it means a whole lot more when God speaks blessing because it means that he favors you. He uh, empowers you to do well in every aspect of life. So to be blessed by God is a very important thing. And the way that we start out a blessed life is that we receive Jesus and we're born again of the Spirit. And as soon as we are, we become children of God. We've got a different spirit on the inside called the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says he gives us a clean heart, a new heart. He puts his spirit within us so that we can be caused by him to walk in his ways. I love the truth that a Christian isn't living dutifully. He's living powerfully by the changed heart and by the spirit. And so the Apostle Paul says, since you've died, like your, do you remember when you were baptized in water? It's a symbol of your old life being finished with and raised to a new life. And the Apostle Paul says, now don't walk in the old, walk in newness of spirit, in the new life. And the Holy Spirit is placed within us to cause us, say cause us, I love that. There's an inner compulsion that's of God in, on the inside of everyone who truly believes and responds to the message of the gospel and receives Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And I, I love the word for the year because the word is speaking to us about having a set heart um, And a set heart is more than just an emotional thing. It's about your mind and your decisions. You're setting your whole life to follow Jesus on pilgrimage. And there is a following that is um, normal for the new, uh, new life, for being a Christian. We are here to follow Jesus. And that is a big terminology to follow. Some people follow something on Twitter. They follow the news. 
And we can be so caught up with everything else that's going on. In fact, we can end up following other things. It's so easy in today's world to live distracted and begin to follow other things or our own desires, our own selfish desires. That's an easy thing to do. I can live according to my flesh, which is my selfish desires that are independent of God's will for my life. But the blessed life, and that's why I love this word, because it's speaking about a blessed walk. Not just having his life, but walking and taking steps to follow Jesus. And so when the old life we realize is gone, and now we are raised to a new life, it's very important that we find out the steps that Jesus wants us to take to follow him. If we're following a person, you know, we need to know how they think. We need to know what they say. We need to know what their purpose is. And if you and I have made a commitment to follow Jesus for the rest of our lives, it's ever so important we find out the steps he wants us to take. Scripture says, how can two walk together unless they're agreed? I I know you know that because you know that in your own friendships and family life. You can't walk together unless there's an agreement, unless there's a harmony in decision-making and in purpose. And... um, We are called to walk with God through this life. What a call. When Jesus called you, he called you to follow. Like the two guys, Peter and Andrew, when they were fishing, Jesus came to them and said, come, follow me. That's that's the simplicity of it. Start to take the steps. And to follow somebody doesn't mean you finish the journey instantly. It means you've got to go step by step. But if we're following someone, we've got to know what they think and what they want to do and how they want us to operate in our lives. And I nearly followed myself into that, um, had a crush with that thing. But it's really easy to go off track when you're following Jesus and you think you're following him, but actually you can lose the way a bit. And I'm loving this launch into January because I believe that Jesus wants us to reset, refocus our lives on what it really means to be a follower. Not just a believer, but somebody who believes and follows Jesus and takes the steps in everyday life. Blessed is the man who does. Now, Jesus um, hasn't left us without a guide. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. He's called the Spirit of Truth. And Jesus said, when he comes, which he has come to those who believe, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. And this is really important that we are led by truth. Not our truth but God's truth. Okay? Many people say, it's my truth. Don't they? What I see 
with my own eyes and how I view life. This is my truth. But Jesus has given us his spirit, the spirit of truth, to guide us into all truth. And Jesus is the word of God, who is the truth. So um, he's also given us a Bible, the scriptures, that show us how to walk. And one of my favorite psalms is, uh, scriptures is Psalm 119, 105. Most of you might know that off by heart. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The word of God is a lamp. In other words, it lights up my eyes so I can see if there wasn't any light, I'd be in the dark. So if the word isn't in me or I'm not seeing by the word, I'm actually in the dark. And Jesus said, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but have the light of life. So Jesus wants us in the light. Well, if the word is the lamp to our feet and a light to our path, then the spirit in us guides us into truth, which is the word of God. Recently, I was sitting having a discussion with somebody. Well, I didn't discuss. Because at that moment, I knew it would get into a bit of a crash. With the word of God and what people who are, in inverted commas, Christians, who interpret the word however they want to, to suit how they want to live. Has anybody ever been in a conversation like that? And so you're in, you're just having a cup of tea, uh, love this person a lot, and everything's done in an atmosphere of love and grace, not, the, not a fight. But the truth is unchangeable. The word is unchangeable. The word of God never changes. And um, the culture of our day, even Christian culture, is easily changed away from the word of God. But we have to understand that Jesus himself is the word of God. And so if we're following Jesus, we have to follow the word. The word of God and Jesus are one. And so I'm having this cup of tea and something comes up about uh, somebody being a conservative Christian. That's not a political party, by the way. And old-fashioned. Has anybody ever heard that one? That you're very old-fashioned because of what you believe. Am I the only one in the room that can feel this clash of disagreement with what we believe? Now, I'm not here to argue because actually there's no fight. Because his word is forever settled in the heavens. So, um, it's not my job to convince people and fight. But as a follower, it is my call to adopt the truth of God's word and change my life accordingly. 
if I'm going to follow Jesus in truth. We have the spirit of truth, but we also have the word of God. And Jesus said, if you continue, John 8, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed, true disciples. If you walk continually in my word, you are my disciples, my followers. And you will know the truth, and the truth, which is so powerful, will set you free. Free to be who you're called to be. It has power to change your life. It has power to make you what God wants you to be. And so in this conversation, there was a bit of a, hmm. And I knew it was pointless arguing. Sometimes it is pointless arguing. But in the church, you see, you can't expect truth from sinners. Okay? So unless you have Christ living in you and you're born of God, your whole life will be going a different way. Yes? Because you'll walk according to the flesh. You'll walk according to that nature, which is a sin nature, which is ultimately in rebellion against God. But the new nature or the new creation is not in rebellion anymore against God, actually wants to follow Jesus. There's a want to in every believer. But have you noticed there's a whole lot of change going on in the church, national, international, where conservative Christianity, or you could say fundamentalism, or you could say old-fashioned, the word doesn't change. And so we don't change the word to suit us. We change us to fit into the word. And there is power to change. Jesus came with grace and truth. So he didn't come just to throw the Bible at us, but he gave us the power to live in truth. And uh, if you've been called old-fashioned, if you've been called fundamental, then you're standing for Christ. You're being a witness for the truth in this generation. And Jesus said, hold fast to the truth. Because you can't have light, light, and you don't know where you're going. You will wander off the path and it will get very dark if we wander off the path of truth. And, you know, as a, as a follower, we must realize that truth is a guide to every area of life. It's very practical. It's for your feet. It's for your head. It's for your mouth. It's for your decisions. It's for your will. And it's for your body. It's for your relationships. It's for your money. And it's for your purpose. I can't repeat that because I think it was the, the Lord. But all of that is actually lamp to your feet, 
light for your path. So if you have a problem in your relationships or there's something going on, the Word has the answer. If you have a problem at work, the Word has the answer. Uh, the Spirit will bring a word to you. If you have a problem in your body, the word has, is the answer. Uh, in every, anything in life, you don't know what to do to live a financially blessed life, the word has the answer. And so the word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And Jesus actually said, take care that the light is, that is in you don't, doesn't get dark that your eye doesn't get dark. You start to see as the world sees and not see as the word sees. Amen. Be careful. Now, I know that this might seem unpopular, but I want to tell you that I want to be in approval with God more than man. Do you? I want to stand before God be found faithful to that the church is the pillar and ground of truth that sets people free. The thing is we can come in in any condition, but God can set us free. God can heal and restore and change anybody and anything so that we can be all that God has created us to be. Blessed is the man whose heart is set on following Jesus. We cannot follow him without the truth of his word. The word is a guide. The word is a lamp. The word is your purpose. The word shows you what you're called to do in life. And without the word, we're in the dark. Aren't you grateful that the Lord has called us into a relationship with him where he communicates truth to us in such a way that he lights up our lives so that we see. And once we see, we know the way. We can take the steps he's asking us to take. Um, if you've ever had your car serviced, which is wise to do, it's very wise to do that if you have a car. Um, because if you don't, there can be a breakdown. And often I, I think sometimes we just think, oh, well, I'll just carry on and I'll just keep doing what I normally do and let's hope the car is okay. But I think that actually adjustments made in services <laughs> recalibrate that car to run as it was made to run. Yes? And recalibration is, is a setting things back to what they should be. Setting things back into the standard that they should be. And the Christian life isn't down to personal opinion, but it's actually down to the truth that Jesus gave us. You are my disciples if you continue in my truth. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth is powerful. So we need a lamp and a light. And this, as we set our heart this year to follow him, I believe that in this month, whether through prayer, fasting, uh, through encounters, through just spending more time with Jesus individually and corporately, that we can actually come into um, 
a recalibration. It's like getting your car serviced so that we come back too. Ah, I see. I can walk like that. Yes, thank you, Jesus. I know the way. I know what to do. I know the path that you have for me to walk on. His word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We believe in the power of the Spirit to communicate truth. But we know that the truth, if the word is ever left out of the Spirit's communication, it goes off course. So we need both the word and the Holy Spirit. The Spirit communicates truth to us. And he'll never guide you off the path of the word that is the lamp to your feet and a light to our path. Joshua. Let's just turn then. We're going to look at a couple of examples and then we're going to pray. Joshua. A wonderful book. Because this was about a people being led to possess the land. The promises. Joshua. I'm getting there. Here we go. And we look at verse uh, 7. God's speaking to a young leader, really. And um, it's at a time of change, great change. And it's actually a time to possess the land. That's the exciting bit. It's a time to go in and possess the promises this year. As we walk and follow Jesus, it's time to go in and possess what Jesus has, has given us. And, and God says to Joshua, Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do all that the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. How, how many of you want to prosper where you go? <laughs> okay, so Joshua was taught by God if, uh, how to how to succeed in life, how to do well in every area of life, in God's eyes. Okay, so in God's eyes. This is God speaking. So he's saying, you take the book of the law that I gave Moses. So it wasn't even a direct word to Joshua. It came through Moses who wrote it down. The spirit came upon Moses and and the word came through Moses and it was written. So Joshua was to take the written word, which is the scripture, the word of God, and he was to not deviate from that word. He was to recalibrate, not deviate, not turn to the left or the right to recalibrate his whole life according to the word. And the promise is this, that you will prosper wherever you go to take the land, to possess the land. What instruction? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. It was actually to fill his mouth. The word was not just to fill his mind or his decisions and choices. It was to fill his mouth. Mouth, his, what he would speak, 
My goodness me, let me tell you. (laughs) You set your life on course according to your tongue. So what you say will set the course. James tells us the tongue is the rudder, like a rudder of a ship. That when you speak, you either take yourself off course or you take yourself on the course of the word, the promise of God, what God is saying. So this word shouldn't depart from your mouth. That's why it's very important to button it. It's it's, it's really important to button it when you want to shout out what you feel or think and you want to declare how hopeless and how useless and how bad everything is. (laughs) Because you're going to direct your life that way. It's going to go the wrong way. It's not going to go on the path that Jesus has for you, which is a good path. So this book of law, the law will not, should not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. It's amazing to me that Joshua only had five books of the Bible. He didn't have all the promises we have. He didn't have the spirit living in him. And God gave him, you know, these first five books of the Bible. Now you meditate. He'd have been in, and God said, let there be light. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning, God, he spoke, let there be light, and there was light. And everything God made was good. He'd have been meditating on that. The word, the word, he told me to meditate on the word. Right, well, the word is going to create the path and the future that God has for us. See, he he was meditating. And as he meditated, what would happen his whole life, his his whole being would recalibrate his mind, his heart, his will, his choices, because the word has power to change you. And his decisions and his speaking. It was a total recalibration, not from Joshua's thinking, but to God's thinking. Not from Joshua's words, but to God's word. And then he says, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. How many of you want that for this year? You know, we say, happy new year, blessed new year. May you have a prosperous year. Well, this is the way. Joshua, get my word and meditate on it. Now, the word meditate means chew the cud, like a cow in the field that eats grass and begins to chew on it. To chew means to get the nutrients out of it. Then they swallow it, don't they? And then they have a recall. (laughs) They bring it back. And then they have another go. And then they swallow and then they recall. So to chew the cud means, this is what meditation means, to take the word... Get life out of it. Get, get hearing and seeing 
and believing, let, get, get into the mind of God for your life, the mind of God for your family, your future. Get into the promises of God, get them into you, so that actually when you bring them back up, it's like, oh, there's more in this than I had at the beginning of, of the chew. I'm going to chew it again, and I'm going to swallow it again. I'm going to take it into my heart. It's going to shape my mind. I'm recalibrating everything, Jesus, to your word, because I'm a disciple, and I want to follow you. And Lord, you say, I will be blessed in everything I do. I will be blessed in everything I do. Wow. Do you not think this is amazing? That God would give us this gift. But he said, you will make your way. This isn't actually all God. It's what you will make your way prosperous. In other words, Blessed. Your future will be blessed by God. Now, meditation, God said to him, I want you to meditate an awful lot. Because I call day and night an awful lot. Do you call that an awful lot? So, in other words, it's not thought for the day. Ah. I'm not saying that thought can't become something you chew, swallow, recall, chew, swallow, recall, speak and act on. I'm not saying that. But I'm not saying one minute in the word, 23 hours, (laughs) 59 in the world. Hmm. True disciples, true disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And you know, I, I can, you can recall, you can meditate on the word, but um, the key is bringing it back frequently during the day and even at night. Bringing it back to mind, uh, thinking about it, speaking it, praying it. Wondering how that's going to look. How on earth, how's that going to look? You start to get a vision, an imagination of your future. You start to see your life blessed in God and bearing fruit through meditating on one word from God. Now, he was, he was to meditate on all the word. Now, all scripture is God-breathed. In other words, it carries the, the breath of God. All scripture written carries breath. God's breath. All scripture is God breathed. It carries the life of God. Hebrews 4 tells us the word of God is living, powerful. Say powerful. The word has never lost its power. The word has never lost its power. So in other words, God's word has breath for you. And and whenever God speaks, his life enters you. His spirit enters you through his word. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. And so when you're meditating on the word, it's like the spirit of God is breathing into you. His life. 
His power, His resurrection, victorious life. All scripture is God breathed. So read it all, but let the Spirit reveal a specific and take it and meditate frequently. Frequently. Be a frequent meditator during the day. So when you make a coffee, meditate while you boil the kettle. So when you walk up the stairs, meditate. So when you lie down, meditate. And you can't sleep, meditate. Chew. Swallow. Recall. Speak. And then do. Act on it. There is power in the word. The word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path, but also the word is power. So if we're feeling weak, it's not because the word's lost its power. Maybe we've lost our awe of the word. Maybe we've lost our respect and our honor and our um, approach to the word. Do you not think it's amazing we can read every day the word of God who made everything? It's amazing to me that he has left us his word that is always living. And so all, all scripture, there isn't anything isn't going to do you good. It's useful for correction, instruction, uh, showing you what to do. But I want to speak, and, and I believe the Holy Spirit wants to speak into something, maybe in all of our hearts as we follow Jesus this year. There is this broad view of the word being a lamp. As disciples, we're following him because we have his word. Only the word can show us the way forward. And, and our lives are to recalibrate to his word. But there are two particular things I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do today. And we're going to just home in on these two things and then we're going to pray. And the first one is where we feel unable or where we actually are unable to do the things that God has laid before us. How many of you know that God has planned for you to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, uh, make disciples, uh, see the power of God in your home, uh, see God working through your witness? That's the normal Christian life. But sometimes we can be faithful but not powerful. Can you see that? We faithfully following Jesus, but we're not seeing the power. And I believe God wants to bring a fresh word to anyone of us that feels we're unable to do what God has called us to do. We just don't feel we've got it in us to bear the fruit that he has spoken about bearing over our lives. We're all called to bear fruit uh, that lasts And it's from the book, um, if you turn to uh, uh, Luke chapter 1, just to share this situation. 
um, where there was a woman called Elizabeth and her husband was Zacharias. And they faithfully followed Jesus. But they hadn't seen the fruit of a child. Now, if you think about the promises, the promises need to be fulfilled. We need to see them in reality. Every promise, God has promised that he will fulfill. But she'd got to a certain age and time in life where she had not seen what she'd hoped for. Has anybody here ever thought, I have not yet seen what God has spoken over my life or over us as a church? We have not yet seen. And I hasn't seen nor ear heard the things that God has prepared for those who love him. God's prepared amazing things for us. But God will reveal them to us through his spirit. And Mary is about to have a visit from the angel. And I know Christmas is gone. But this story is relevant. It's God-breathed today. And Mary is told she's going to bear a son. His name is Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is going to come. And then the angel brings a message about Elizabeth. And this is what really struck me. And if I could have the scripture up. Elizabeth had conceived a son in her old age and is now in the sixth month for her who was called barren. Actually, the NIV says she was unable to conceive. Unable to conceive. But God gave a word. He spoke a word that changed everything. And she became pregnant with the power of God. And she produced with the power of God. So any area that is barren, where you know that God has promised certain things, but you're not seeing, I believe the Holy Spirit is going to take the word to, and bring it to you in a fresh way. And he'll speak a word, and that word will not fail to produce. The word, nothing is impossible with God, is about the rhema word. Nothing that God speaks or reveals to you is impossible for him. No word from God will ever fail in its power. No word from God will ever fail. Isaiah 55 says, no word will return empty. Any word that goes forth from God's mouth, it will accomplish what it's been sent to do. It has power to change a barren situation where you're not seeing anything happening. God's word comes into that. Just as God spoke at the beginning of time, beginning of creation, he spoke. There was no form, all chaos, and God said, let there be. I believe God wants to speak into every barren heart and life and say, let there be. Let there be. God is going to speak and change your inability to his ability. Amen. And finally, let's look at Luke 5, 
just quickly. No word will return empty. No word. No word from God. But gosh, don't we need to hear a fresh word? Amen. Does anybody here need to hear fresh, a fresh word from God in our hearts so that we actually can see the fruit that God has prepared for each one of us? Now, this is an interesting, I love this. It's one of my favorite stories. It's um, Peter, and he'd, um, previous to this, he's starting to get caught by the person of Jesus because he's seen him in the synagogue deliver somebody from a demon, invites him home, the mother-in-law gets well. Jesus loves mother-in-laws. And then he goes, heals the town, and then... um, in a situation where he comes by the sea. Peter's been fishing all night because they used to fish. They fish at night there because that's when the fish are biting. It's early morning and he's washing the nets. They'd spent the night at work, nothing happening. There is nothing more discouraging than nothing happening. If you've worked a lot and things aren't working, Anybody? We know we can relate, can't we? If you've done what you can do, and you've done what you should do, and you've done it all, and nothing's worked. Has anybody ever been in that situation? I've really worked really hard and got nothing. And this is Peter. But Peter is starting to follow Jesus. Starting. And he's starting to be captivated by the person. Fall in love with him, actually. Just starting to love this, this man who we know is God, but I, he didn't at this point. And Jesus wants to use his boat to teach from because the crowds were so big that he had to kind of move away from the land and get on the boat so he could teach. So he's sitting in Peter's boat, and Peter's basically serving the Lord. He's serving Jesus' ministry. But life's not working. Anybody relate? You can serve the Lord, but things aren't working. And so, after the teach, Jesus stopped speaking teach form, and now he starts to speak personal word to an individual who is not seeing things work as they should. And he speaks directly to Simon Peter. And he says, Simon, launch out into the deep for a catch. Let your nets down for a catch. Now, talk about recalibrate. Because Simon was an expert in fishing and probably his dad had been an expert in fishing and he'd been out all night. His experience had been fish don't, you don't catch fish at this time of day nor are there any fish. We've been looking for them all night and they're just not there. Did you know that if nothing's there, God can create it? How big is your God? How 
empty is your situation, you need to tell your situation how big your God is. Not how bad it is, but how big God is. Because God can create out of nothing with just a word. So God speaks. Jesus speaks his word. That's all Peter had. He didn't have a feeling. He didn't have an experience. He was just serving the Lord in his ministry. And he just had a word. Because all you need is a word. And he was, right. What am I going to do with that? I'm tired. I don't feel like it. I don't want to go back out there. I'm exhausted. I've been up all night. We had a healing meeting last night in my, at my door. Very inconvenient. It was a late night. Then we went out fishing because we need to work for business. We need the money, honey. And now here we are serving the Lord. I don't feel like going back out. And I know my head tells me, my head is telling me, it's not reasonable this. I'm the expert here. But he doesn't do that. He says, hang on a minute. Because you say it, I'm going to change the way I think. I'm going to recalibrate my life. And I'm going to say, okay, I will do it. But this time, he does it because he's heard. Before, he was just working. The difference was the word. That he heard, that he calibrated his mind, his heart, and his decision. I'm going to act on that. Now, he would never have caught fish if he hadn't gone. Acted on it. And sometimes, you know, we get a word from God, but the missing link, we can speak it all day long, we can think it all day long. You know, go into all the world and make disciples of all, all nations. We can speak it, think it, but we, we need to act. It's the action that sees the fruit. <laughs> Amen. It's the doing of the word. Don't be hearers only, but be doers also. So Peter had to learn that, hang on a minute, when the word comes, I'm going to line up everything with it and act on it. And the catch he got was remarkable because God always does more than you could ask or imagine according to the power that was at work in him, the power of the word. The power of God speaking. That's the power that's missing. It's taking the word and saying, I'm going to take that and I'm going to act on it. And I believe that God wants to speak into hearts and lives in this time, in January, as we reset, refocus on following Jesus and walking with him through this life to revalue and recalibrate the word, our lives according to truth, but also to expect, God, speak into my, I'm unable to. I can't do this. Or speak into my, 
I've been doing it and it's not working. Those two areas, I believe, the Holy Spirit wants to work in. So let's stand. We're going to pray. Thank you, Lord. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.